Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, we're back and it's 2023, baby. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, guys. Boots, Balls and Bras podcast back with Far Williams, Earth Pond, and I'm Beck Smith. Right. Let's just get into it, eh? Mm-hmm. First half, player safety and facilities. Lots going on in the, <laughs> in the game Chelsea versus Liverpool. It's been nonstop talk about it since it's happened. Basically, the game got suspended after six minutes into the match due to the pitch being frozen. Lots of chat about what actually happened. They actually said at 9.30 the pitch was not playable, and then they did kick off the game, and after uh, a few players looking like they were ice skaters, (laughs) it had to get called off after six minutes. What are you guys' thoughts on this? I have a few thoughts as well, but I'd like to hear what you guys have to say first. Kick-off pundit. You were there. Yeah, I mean, I was there, correct. And I actually was supposed to be there for 10 o'clock. And, and as you said, I'd got the information that the game wasn't playable at 9.30. So therefore I stayed at home in my bed <laughs> because it's only 15 minute drive to then get the message at 10 o'clock to say they're doing whatever they can to get this game on was a little bit frustrating because, you know, when I looked out into my garden or at the front garden, uh, my grass was frozen. Yeah. So, And I looked at the weather and the temperatures were never going to get any better than what they were. So yeah. I couldn't understand how the game, you know, within a few hours would have been playable. Yep. Um, I think it just poses the question as to if a decision was made by the official at 9.30 from their point of view and they're in charge on match day. In from what I know, yes, yes, that, you know, they're, they're in charge of whether the game is to go ahead. For them to call the decision and say it's not playable at 9.30 for that to be compromised in some way, which I don't think has been made clear. I think, you know, there was an FA statement put out about how the game was put on. Um, I think a few people have been thrown under the bus, especially the official um, in that statement. Um, I don't believe that all parties were um, involved in the decision making because if they were, I don't think that the managers after, sorry, the interview after that six minute game if you can call it a game, <laughs> after that six-minute period, I don't think from their interviews will tell you or will suggest to you that they were involved in any uh, de- decision-making as to whether the game should have gone ahead. But it just goes back to the whole thing about the women's game being professional. Where are we in our women's game? Um, you know, for this to not happen again. And I think somebody, for those decision-makings, whoever made that decision, which I don't think will become clear anytime soon, but somebody needs to be accountable for that so that this doesn't happen again in the future of our game. Yeah. I don't know what used to's yeah. thoughts on it is, but from an outside that weren't there, because I knew just being there, it shouldn't have been played. Mm. I, I think for me, it's it's quite clear and I don't want to beat around the bush. They were currently putting profits over people. Um, and for the safeguarding of players, we, so we've got to be clear, it's the safeguarding of players mm. to be even at risk shows us that there's a problem. Forget about the infrastructures and what's happening in terms of the pitch. 
there's a lot going around around I guess the FA and is it the club's responsibility I think there's a few things that we need to address with clubs we look at the infrastructure we look at their roster they have all these plans in terms of what we need to do as a club on the pitch but shouldn't it be your responsibility if you want to ensure that your games go ahead that your pitches are suitable to play we live in the UK. We see every time there's one millimetre of ice, the place comes to a halt. So it's going to be no difference in terms of football. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, in terms of do we have to really have that regulation from a national governing organisation point of view to say, get your pitches under soil heat. And I don't think we even need to have that. As a club, you should think for us to operate, we need to have this to make sure our games take place. Mm. So actually, how can you take the responsibility? What can we do as a club to make sure that the game goes ahead? So that's why I was a bit kind of disappointed in terms of, I saw a lot of players tweeting about the risk and the safety. Why are they not asking their clubs these questions Mm. around, we need financial infrastructure to make sure that as a club, because we're all a family, we talk about being one club, Mm. that we are able to operate and play our game. I don't think that actually was sort of put at the forefront. So number one, I think that's a problem. In terms of the referees, we talk about it. The game doesn't happen without referees Mm. and they're still not full time. Mm. So if we're talking about the growth of the game and the players and the clubs, actually we need to make sure we have that investment in terms of the referee and the officials to be at a standard where they're able to make these decisions, make these calls and feel actually their position is not at risk. And I think that's really important. Let me ask something on that because... We always complain about the referees, right? We always <laughs> some, say some of we always do. say that they're, they're they're not professional. <laughs> you know, we need full time professionals in mm. our game. Blah blah blah. Right? This referee, from my information, mm. was said at nine thirty the game was not playable. Right? If that decision was stood by, that would have been excellent officiating mm-hmm. of the game, right? Because mm-hmm. it shouldn't have been playable. Yep. How was this officials official officials? I don't know who it was. <laughs> How have they been compromised into a decision to allow the game to go ahead? That's when you go back to they're an amateur, they're an amateur uh, um, official because mm-hmm. a, a full-time professional is going, they're standing by because referees are strict. Mm-hmm. They never communicate. Yeah. They don't want to compromise. Yeah. So how was they compromised? This is what I can't get my head around. But, I mean, yeah. Bex, I'd love to hear your view because somebody who works closer with the refs yeah. surely will have a better... Surely you've spoken to them. Surely I have. Yeah, I just don't get it. I thought it would have been a great decision. We'd all yeah. been, we would have all today been yeah. speaking about mm-hmm. a good decision from yeah. the officials, finally. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so help, fill us okay, in. Okay, so I have lots of thoughts on this. They're not really specifically to Paul Howard, who was the referee. They're more around what you're talking about, Eartha, which is the structure and the infrastructure around the game and, and, and how decisions are made in a league and in football, one, the club licensing requirements. So if you have a club and you can play in a league, there are certain requirements you have to have as a club. Question, should under pitch heating be one of those requirements? Because as we know, most of the teams in the WSL don't own their own stadia, right? Mm -hmm. And Kings Meadow is an exception that they, well, they rent it still. Mm -hmm. So they rent those stadia, they don't own them. And even the ones that do, they don't often have underground heating so when I was playing in Germany we every single season had games cancelled because of pitches every season it was just a known fact but then you had to shove them into the end of the season so you then at the end of the season are tired and have way too many games in Sweden 
where it got to minus 15 degrees, minus 20, um, never had one game called off because they went from natural grass to the Kunstrasen, which is what, artificial turf, um, in the those periods. So they had the infrastructure in place. So that's one question for me. Second one is, um, as the regulations stand, the, the clubs can have a pitch inspection match day minus one. They can request that referees mm -hmm. or the match officials can come make that decision the day before the game, done. No one has to travel. No one has to warm up. You can reschedule the game. You have a jump start. The fans aren't disappointed, et cetera, et cetera. That and you did know not on that happen point, by yeah. Chelsea, but it did happen with Arsenal, yeah, which is but you why know that got point, in time. Bex, is that I'm, if I was to look at our game, we're probably, if you, if you, uh, if there's a co uh, comparison, it's league two, right? So our league stadiums that we probably play at league one, league two, there was only two games in the men's league two games that went ahead on that Saturday. Mm. Does that not indicate that there should have been a pitch exactly. inspection on the Saturday exactly. to see where, and then that would have all of what you're saying now. So, what so I, why so didn't what they? I, from what the information that I got from the match officials is they did ask Chelsea if they wanted one and they had said, no, they don't want one. So they denied a match inspection on match day minus one. And then at 9.30 when Paul arrived, he made the decision that it wasn't playable. And then the pitch, they, they have to speak to the pitch guys because they're the ones that know the pitches the best, mm -hmm. you know? So the referee can't say, and this is another question I have is, should the referees be making this decision? at all my, in my opinion no it should be an FA it should be the league competitions that are making those decisions which is how it was at FIFA how it is at UEFA we, we make that call because why should a referee be standing there making that call in the first place so they could have they could have done a pitch inspection match day minus one they didn't do it and then on the day they decided to put on the heaters, put on the cover, whatever. At the warm-up, it was fine because obviously when you take the cover off, the heat's still in the ground. But as you said, it's still zero degrees, so it just refroze. Mm -hmm. So I agree. I think it should have been called off, but I do think that there's pressure, <laughs> as you mentioned, yeah. from different parties. And that's that's the question I have because what what's coming out in the media is not necessarily what's happened on that morning. Oh, for sure. But you know, even, even when the covers come off, Bex, half of the pitch was playable. Yeah. And the other half in the shade was not playable. I was, we was doing our uh, punditry from the yeah. side where the goalkeepers were warming up and obviously having played at oh, Liverpool. How I crap would that to, be, by the way, well, to be a speaking, goalkeeper on the ice? I was ice. speaking <laughs> to, the, the, to the goalkeepers yeah. during their warm-up. Yeah. And they were saying, it is like playing on concrete. Mm. This game shouldn't go ahead. So as a goalkeeper, they also thought it shouldn't have gone ahead. Yeah. But there's so many mixed messages coming out of the camp as to who wanted the game to go ahead. I'm sure Chelsea would have liked the game to yeah, go ahead. Yeah, of course they would, Because of right? backlogger games. They have, a, you know, they're in the, mm. the Champions League. Exactly. They're still in all of, the, all of the cups. So for them, Not leading having the an extra game, yeah. having an, and, and wanting to probably stay at the top of the league. Exactly. Because that psychological. Exactly. I know what you're saying, Irvin, yeah. you're going to jump in, but I'm saying all of these things wasn't considered from Chelsea, I don't believe. And they wanted the game to go ahead because... You I can't spoke, want the I game. spoke to the Liverpool manager. Yeah. And? At 9.30, they was told the game wasn't playable. Mm -hmm. They were then called again and they was told that the game was going to be made potentially delayed till two o'clock. His concerns were there was travelling supporters that Liverpool were Liverpool mm -hmm. paying for. So there was travelling supporters coming down from five o'clock. Mm -hmm. Have we considered them? Also, if the game's going to be delayed, they would then have to speak to the hotel to get another pre-match put in, pre-match meal put in because mm -hmm. the players had already had their pre-match meal in preparation for a 12.30 kickoff. He then got a call half an hour later to say the game's going ahead at the normal time of 12.30. So there was, at not at not any point was he asked whether he thinks the game should go ahead. So the FA statement that actually come out that said mm -hmm. all parties were involved in the decision making, all parties must have been officials, FA, 
Mm. That can be the parties, not the managers, not the managers. Of the teams, right. So it's not all parties, and it's, it's not really the, the, the managers the officials the that made that decision. All, all parties, as in, in order for a game to be called off, there are only two people that can call a game off: the police for safety, mm-hmm. or the I think it's the, the match official, the, the match referee. official or referee. Mm-hmm. Other than that, the game can't be called off. So when they say all parties, maybe mm. that's the restrictions in terms there of was a, There was a meeting. There was an FA meeting at 10, 10.30 as to t- trying to figure mm. out whether the game should go ahead. So there was an internal from wherever they were, which have been told, this is yeah. factual information, that there was a conversation going on mm-hmm. as to whether the game should, should or shouldn't go ahead. Who made the final decision? I don't think we'll ever know. It has to be the referee. So it has to be the referee. But I believe he was compromised into making that decision. But, but my point is, even if those those meetings taking place the people who actually affects the most the players are not involved so this is my whole point around the Mm. safeguarding of the people that are there to entertain what leg do they really have to stand on to say actually I think it's a risk for me to go out and play potentially I can get injured or something can happen do they have the confidence to say actually I'm not walking on the pitch and if they don't walk on the pitch what's the consequences so when we look at organizations for example like the PFA that are there for members mm. and like these are the type of like legal like what legal leg do I have to stand on to think actually I think I'm putting my life my body at risk by going on that pitch mm-hmm. if I say no what happens same for the for that- the referees if I say actually go ahead when I really believe it shouldn't what legal leg do I have to stand on to say actually it's not happening no matter what meeting's happening mm-hmm. I, as the official mm-hmm. I don't believe this is the right thing to happen and if I don't sort of go through my obligations as refereeing that game what's the consequences and I think that grey area is is the bit why and they, I think they just use the emotional love of the game because they know people just want to we you will play yeah, injured course, we, we want to play it, football like, yeah. but what actually if I really don't and I think it is really but a safeguard but that's the point thing, Earth, isn't I, it I can't go you, on can't, you can't there come out after and saying you put our safety at yeah, risk, risk right mm-hmm. but then you still went on and knowing it was going to be risky. So mm-hmm. it, it is that balance as how much power does a player have to go? Actually, this is unsafe. I asked Emma Hayes uh, after the after the game in the six minute interview. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to know if any of the players had complained in the warm up about the pitch. And? Mm-hmm. and her answer to that, if you listen to the BBC, was that <laughs> she's obviously trained her players psychologically that they don't make excuses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So none of them complained. Yeah, of course. Now, but then they complained in the game. Yeah. That's a well that's so, a well-being concern then. Exactly. You've kind of put a mindset that actually, even when things are wrong, that you're not actually going to speak up and or do it because actually because the game's a, a bigger thing rather than you and your safety. So I think as a as a leader, that, that's a, that's a poor, I guess, mentality in terms of well being. Maybe in terms of tactics and playing, yes. Mm. But actually, if something's wrong, yeah. how are you going to call it out? If they're not calling out, actually, I'm going to risk my life and play on a nice pitch. They're not going to call out other stuff that's happening in the game. Yeah, mm. and Fair I mean, I, I yeah, I think it is a good point, and I, I think you're you're right at the sense that players need to be a stakeholder in the game, and we spoke mm. about this. Really really early on in our pod, didn't we, that players, we feel that in the women's game specifically, that female players have a much bigger role in Mm -hmm. really making decisions and pushing the game forward. But I, in this case, I don't think players should be involved in these decisions. What I think needs to happen is the league structure and the competition structure needs to be set up in Mm -hmm. a way that there's enough understanding of one pitch pitches because there's that is a whole science Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. what's going on with the pitch so that that has to be known and a referee does not have that knowledge Mm -hmm. one and two i think that the second issue is that they have to have an understanding of player safety Mm well-being safeguarding and they should and those decisions (laughs) should already be made 
pre. So I don't think that as a player, they should be making those decisions ahead of the game saying, I'm going to play or I'm not going to play because you just want to play. I would have been, yeah, yeah exactly. You should, you should have, have been that the player trust, that played. Right? Yeah. You should have the trust uh-huh. that this league knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. The people that are in the decision-making positions know like what the right thing is to do. Mm-hmm. And whatever they do, I'm going to trust that, that is, that's the situation mm-hmm. I think we should be in. For sure. But are we there? No. No, but then, but then, but then, the solution to this isn't just under soul heating. That's not agree. the solution <laughs> no, to this. Agree. That is just something that it's the same with VAR. You know, the, for me, our game right is on a journey to professionalism. Mm-hmm. We're nowhere near professional yet, right? We are a status is professional, right? Because mm-hmm. it's a professional game. Yeah. You get paid to play, whatever. You train every day. We are on the runway. We haven't even reversed back yet to even get onto the onto the, the the runway to go, right? But we seem to think that we're up in the air and landed in Barbados at the minute. That's what I genuinely believe. Yeah. We aren't taking the game, the smaller steps to make the game professional. We are bypassing those smaller steps. Mm-hmm. All we're thinking about, let's put pump billions of pounds into VAR. Is that really a priority right now in a yeah, women's so, game? So, that's a really good Is point. Is under heating really a priority? About, yeah. Of course, further down the line, let's get... The, the, the foundations of our game mm-hmm. in a better structure before we jump to the end goal, which is where the men are at now. How many years has it took for the men to get to VAR, to get to goal line technology? Mm. Yeah. You know, all of these things, the women's game want straight away. Yeah. And it pitches, can't happen. Pitches has to be at the forefront of the fundamentals. <laughs> of we've, we've seen pitches or games being cancelled because they're waterlogged. Yeah. I mean, come on, that's a drainage issue. That is not something that we should be dealing with in the world's quote unquote top league, which mm. I don't think it is personally. Well, it well, goes back to, doesn't it? Mm. You know, fans and everybody saying, should the women play at the men's stadiums? The games potentially, especially because they're all Premier League, mm-hmm. apart from Reading. In, in, in the WSL, which their game never gets called off mm. at the, uh, the Majeski or Select Stadium now. Mm. So in actual fact, they play at the men's g- game. For somebody that probably the league would want them out and to get a Premier League team in, they're doing all right in terms of keeping their yeah. women's games but, on. They train at the men's training ground. Should we be playing the games at the men's grounds? I don't know, because again, the stadiums are too big to fill. And in terms of all of we the, them, we the money out, that yeah. then gets invested into having stewards there and all the health mm-hmm. and safety, the ambulance, mm-hmm. all that, it's far too expensive for the amount of fans that, one, the cost that we charge them, mm-hmm. and two, that actually come into the ground. So that's the difficulty in playing at the men's ground. Hence why we play at smaller stadiums where you're not at a loss or not at a bigger loss. Yeah. So it's yeah. a difficult one. I, I think, I guess we're all saying the same thing in terms of it's just the infrastructure. Like we talk about the training facilities, the match day <coughs> facilities, the well-being facilities, all of those things mm-hmm. in order for... I guess the players to be the best version of themselves they need as a non-negotiable and I think there's too much variation in terms of clubs um, and I think actually maybe the, some of the clubs that we look at as the biggest clubs actually they're not even investing lower down in those foundational pieces so mm. I guess there still needs to have that bigger conversations with the, the NGOs with the clubs with the sponsors actually how can we ensure that actually the game is growing like you said Farah in terms of the entertainment piece if you look at it in terms of numbers and eyes, it, it is the biggest league other than the Premier League mm-hmm. in terms of the UK. Yeah, sure. In terms of viewers, it's the it's the second biggest league. It's mm-hmm. it's out past in the, the UK, championship. Yeah. It's out past the hundred in cricket. It's it is now the second biggest mm-hmm. watched um, league within within the UK. So there's going to be more eyes on it, which means there's going to be more scrutiny mm-hmm. of actually what's going right and what's going well. And I think it's more about finding a solution. And we we can't keep pointing the fingers. Mm-hmm. What are we gonna like? What action are we gonna do? Don't tell me, show me. Like, what are we gonna <laughs> yeah, do? It's true. And and it can't yeah. come down to we, the players. Uh, it, it can't, can't come, come down, down to the players. And, I, and, I, and as you mentioned there, the people above that make, the decision makers yeah. have to be held accountable yeah. for the decisions that are being made, right or wrong, mm-hmm. right? Because we all make mistakes. All of us, we all mm-hmm. make. So when we're making great, great um, 
sorry, when, when the women's game's in a great p- a position, mm-hmm. everybody wants to say it was them that were the reason behind why it's so good, why we've got all these mm-hmm. players, uh, sorry, fans in the stadium, why we have this and that. When the women win the Euros, they want to be, oh, it was because we did this, this. and Okay, mm-hmm. now we've made a mistake, a big mistake, right? And we put people's lives at risk, potentially, yeah. playing on an icy pitch. Call it what it is. Come out and be accountable and say, hold your hands up, made a mistake. Should never have been played. Out of office. And then, and then <laughs> how we know you wrong. Because we'll be in we'll be better equipped for that to make so, better decisions. Just, so, just hold is, yourself accountable. I totally agree. I totally agree. And that's like exactly opposite of just got back from LA. What happens in America is just blame everybody no matter what. But what this is what I liked about BB's Steinhouse's Steinhouse Webb's comments. I don't know if you read her article mm-hmm. on BBC, but I thought that's what she did brilliantly. Because regardless of what Paul Howard, the referee who made the decision, and he didn't make it alone. He obviously had the support of the match officials, uh, did. She said there's a lot of learnings that have come from mm-hmm. this. And it's not just about the referee made a wrong decision. It's everything. It's all the stakeholders involved. It's the timings of different things. And and to be honest, they were watching the weather from Monday. Yeah. They knew mm. that this was going to be of a course. risk. And, and I think that's commendable as well. But I definitely think there's definitely some big learnings that we can take from that one. And now into our halftime team talk, we're going to give you a little bit of the Barclays WSL roundup. Reading versus Man United mm. must have been one of the best. I mean, I loved that game. Mm. I did. Look at you smiling. <laughs> all happy. <laughs> you know what? Cat over there. I, I, I did. I, I did. I enjoyed the game too. But yeah. it was because I think Reading have gone back to what I know them to be in terms of their shape and what they're actually believing, their principles of play. And can I jump in? Because you said this at the beginning yeah. of the season yeah, when we were talking on this podcast. You said that Reading has a good foundation. They have a good coach. Mm. They have the basics, the principles, and you learned a lot at that yeah. club. So sorry, it's, it's, it's nice just, to and, see it's and, coming and, through. And they didn't right? move away from the principles, so to speak, a little bit. But they did the shape and everything that they really believed in. They've actually gone back to a diamond, which is a really difficult yes, I know. formation to play, especially Zealand. in the league. <laughs> and they've gone back to that. And it, it actually really works for them. Mm. They have hardworking players, honest players, and they really push Man United. But what it did show, for as good as Reading were, and probably, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, they deserve something out of the yeah. game based on all the efforts they had. They obviously saved the penalty. They mm. had a couple of chances. Emma Harris had a couple of chances. So they did have chances. But I sat there knowing Man United were going to score. And yeah. you know, if this was last season, I wouldn't have been sat there thinking United were going to score. Yeah. But something has changed at Man United. And I knew, and uh, you know, Lucy Staniforth had messaged, how are United Reading getting on? I'd message her, you know, Reading are doing really well to stay in the game, blah, blah, blah. I think they're going to concede. United will score before the end. Four minutes later, I text her <laughs> and said, they've just scored a goal. So you could was feel it. Was it 87th it. You, Yeah, and you could feel it coming from yeah. Man United. And I think that's what's changed. And that's why they are title contenders this year. And I don't know what you lot are thinking about Spurs, but they ain't catching United. <laughs> <if they're laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I have to throw that in. Yeah. 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 Mate. Well, obviously, I think, it, obviously, Drake was it with the goal again. What was that? Fifth, what's that, her? 50th clean sheet. And 50th clean sheet. Kelly, on, Kelly Chambers, 150 games in charge of team in, in, in the league so unheard that of. again it is unheard, unheard. you won't get another manager maybe Emma Hayes maybe. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting um, though because we did have that mm. manager chat didn't we yeah, so we did. and we you know one of the things I said was that the consistency of having a manager and being able to create the culture create a mm-hmm. real playing style that takes so much time mm. so it's nice to see the things coming out for Reading yeah I, I was just going to ask like do you think like obviously we we, we sort of joke about um at the back like do you think just having that secure back line like because I always remember like Germany and Neuer like you always knew like yeah. who's 
to sweep up. Oh, yeah. He's there, like anything comes over. Like I think she's kind of command that in terms of that extra player and like belief. Like even if it does get past the other 10, mm-hmm. there's someone here that's just going to just do the damn thing. So yeah. I think in terms of, I don't think people value like how much she means to that team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you touched on Nikita Paris that on our last conversation mm-hmm. in terms of her coming in and mm-hmm. just yeah. being resilient in terms of, I guess, pressuring the back lines mm-hmm. and doing and playing well. And I think they're really having this belief as a team and really sort of forging those partnerships. And I think it's just sort of transferred that confidence from the Euros, but also just as a club. I think mm-hmm. before... I'm not too sure if they believe they deserve to be there just yeah. because of, I guess, the history of the club. Mm. But I think now they really believe in like, yeah, we can really yeah. make a stamp on on the women's game. And I had a conversation this week about, imagine Man United men's and women winning yeah. the league this season. Well, not after the weekend. And then not after the weekend. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think the, the women are But are also you forward. talk about that stability. And Becky, you played yeah. in the back line and that consistency of having you know, a backline that you can communicate with you on the same page in terms of like when to squeeze, when to drop off, when to jump out, whatever it might be. And the goalkeeper communicating that to you. Man United, other than being forced into making a change when, um, uh, what's her name, got injured? What's the fullback's name? How have I forgot? Who, the the, Uh, the brilliant one? Yeah. When Hannah Blundell got injured at one point and he had to bring in um, Thomas Dotty. Yeah. And then the other fullback, uh, Batia. Batia. Yeah. She got injured. So they're the only forced changes Man United have had to make in their back line. Mm. Otherwise, they've kept the back line yeah. pretty much the same all the way through. Mm-hmm. And I think, and obviously with the goalkeeper, and I think that consistency really helps the team in terms of the, the foundations to build. 100%. And I, I, like, I like that you mentioned the German goalkeeper Neuer because when I was playing, it was Germany was number one and they were number one by far or it was the US. And you look at their goalkeepers and mm-hmm. they had Rottenberg, who we used to call the Rottweiler. Yes. Do you remember yeah. her? Do I remember her? Of course yeah, I do. Very scary. And Natsa Angerer, Nadine Angerer, also like a total nutcase, but an amazing um, goalkeeper. And then you had Hope Solo on the US women's team. Mm. So is that just that anchor starting with the goalkeeper? Yeah, and, we're not mentioning Pauline Cope here. May, exactly. <laughs> Pauline Cope. Why, why are you not using that vocabulary in terms of nutters? You don't have to. Do you have to be crazy to be a goalkeeper? Yes, you were at one point. Yes, absolutely. Crazy. But like in a good crazy. way, but yeah. in a great way. I yeah. think my some of my best friends are goalkeepers. Actually, most of my best friends from all the games all of the teams I played on were goalkeepers but I think it's that relationship too that you have because as a center (laughs) back and maybe Rio would agree or disagree but you know that relationship with the nutcase behind you and Mm -hmm. then you have to sort of be the nutcase up front that you know it's you're the last one so that stability I think is massive I love the way you say most of your best friends were were the goalkeepers did you have a choice because it seems like (laughs) (laughs) they were bullying you like you are my best friend and you were like yes I am (laughs) and you will do what I say yes 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 yes. you know going on that United so obviously United got a win off the back of Manchester City Mm. only picking up a point at Villa at home to Villa as well. 1-1. 1-1 was that game, yeah. And I don't know if you guys watched that game, but... I watched it. They, so not, they weren't lucky. That's probably the wrong word. On another day, yeah. City probably would have lost that. So mm-hmm. if you look at the big, the opening game of the season when uh, Aston Villa. Villa beat City, yeah. it could have been that game. It's lucky that they're a little bit further into their um, development as a team uh, that they stayed in the game because actually they hit the post, Aston Villa. Yeah. There was a great save yeah. from Eddie Robert down in the bottom corner. So it was one of those games where Manchester City actually could have lost. And you lot will put them third, right? To finish third. I've still got no, like, wait, uh, oh, Man City. Uh, <laughs> wait, what? I never what so what are you saying? Man City's out I'm and just Tottenham's not, in? No, no, I'm saying, as I, as I said always, 
Chelsea United and Arsenal. But I'm Do you know what though? Aston, Villa are building, aren't yes, they? Yes, and that the Aston Villa was mm. one that I wanted to mention because they sort of they didn't come out of nowhere. They've always had good players, and actually, you guys have mentioned some of the players that we've had on our top, you know, eleven mm. for for WSL of the week. Um, but I really like how they're shaping up mm. and and like moving on to the um, the transfers, which we'll talk about as well. They obviously picked up Jordan Nobbs, but um, but really interesting that Man City. It's wobbling. Mm. It's just they dropped a point. They just don't. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Um, unless Bunny Shaw's firing and, and Lauren Hemp is firing, and, it's quite difficult. I just still, they don't, reliant, I they, still the feel they players. don't have stability at the back. We talk about mm-hmm, that at yeah. Man United. I don't think they know their, their strongest yeah. back line. You see Esme Morgan, she got taken off at half time in that mm-hmm. game. That She played full back. They brought Kennedy in at right side centre half. So that imbalance, inconsistency at the back four, yeah. they've got a consistent front three. They've now got a midfield that they, they seem comfortable with. It's just the back line. They're just not comfortable right now. With, you said not saying the, that the yeah. individuals aren't good. Yeah. They haven't mm-hmm. played together for long enough. It's one in, one out every other week. Mm. So they haven't had a consistent back four, five, if you include a goalkeeper, uh, this season. I used to hate that too. I used to hate it when they changed the back line like every game. Mm. Uh, You really want that consistency because you have to know where everyone's going because it's such an important role too. You you know, you step out of that back line, you know you're creating the gaps. You want to know that they're behind you, but you you also want to know that you have that confidence to be Mm. able to you know, get into the midfield, make some tackles and, and have the coverage as well. But I, I agree. I don't think Man City has had it since the beginning. I, I think they're relying on like three or four players. Mm. And if those three yeah. or four players are, are locked out the game, then it's like, uh, mm. what, what else can we do? Like, we're, we're not finding a way. And then it, if we're relying on things like set pieces, they just don't have the quality and the height if the other players are, are locked mm. out the game. So... Yeah, they have to go back to the drawing board and they ha- I think they have to be really smart in terms of recruitment um, going forward. But Yeah, because so many have yeah, left, haven't exa- they? There exactly. was a massive migration out of the club. What about Everton, um, West Ham? So Everton won 3-0 against West Ham means Everton moves up to fifth place and Everton kind of that sneaky one in the middle of the table, haven't they been? Yeah. Like they've had some really disappointing games, some really uh, strong games. They're just so inconsistent mm, for me. They're, but. they're trying to build, aren't they, under their new manager? Um, they're trying to build where they play out from the back. So they want to play through the thirds. That's their style of play. At times for me, too slow. I know everybody was raving after the derby when they beat yeah. Liverpool yeah. at Anfield and everybody raved about how good Everton were. I actually thought on that day, Liverpool wasn't very good. Mm. Um for as good as Everton were, Liverpool wasn't great. And they're just slow in their build phase, everything they do. And they're not able to score or wasn't able to score. They've actually come back into the new year and their game against Reading last weekend, mm. they got they won 3-2 at 
again, it was a game that they probably could have drawn, but mm-hmm. they got three goals. So yeah. they're actually scoring. And then they've scored again, yeah. three against West Ham. Yeah. But even the West Ham game, West Ham, they, the, West Ham had to chances stop. to score. They should have, there was a potential penalty shout for a handball. So again, that game on decision-making could have been different. Yeah. So again, is it are they false in terms of like, not the results, because obviously they've got them, but... I'm yeah. not convinced yet on Everton. Mm, they're not I know very reflective. What I do yeah. like is that he is, they now have a structure. Yeah. They now, you, you know, when you look at them, they are building an identity. Does it suit their players and, and the intent? No, they still need, a, I think, some leaders within that team. There's, um, a, big, there's a big but there. For me, yeah. great team performance, uh, getting the three points. For me, the concern is there's too many low knees. Mm. When, they, when they go... What happens next? You mm. then have to fill that gap and find those players. For me, they're performing well with good players from other clubs coming in who've trained day in, day out at a higher intensity mm. with better players that have come in and made the difference. Mm. What happens when that loan spell finishes or Man City think, actually, we need to pull Park back? Or mm. what happens then? Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing in terms of, I think they're just building rather than they're not going to be a, a sort of potential threat I think the game on the weekend West Ham the first 15 20 minutes mm, dreadful awful, they? yeah they awful. were so they it were. was more of actually the, the team not playing well and yeah. them actually playing well mm. rather than actually they sort of sort of annihilated West Ham in yeah. that term so I'm just concerned around the, the low knees and if when they're removed what does that look like for the Everton squad And on to the second half. Let's get into the transfers for the Barclays WSL in this January transfer window, yeah? Should we get our head stuck into then all the transfer window? Let's get into the transfer window because there's been some ins and outs and Mate. yeah, some big decisions made in this window for some of the teams that I always we like speak that about. too, so, don't yeah. you? Like oh, that yeah. you go halfway in the middle of the season, it's like, woo, I here do you like, can shuffle yeah, your cards <laughs> again. <laughs> As a fan, yeah, yeah, I love it because I'm like, what's going to happen yeah, here? Yeah. Who's going to make changes <laughs> and yeah, who's going to who's gonna go first? And yeah. I mean, you, you guys' team, Spurs, seem to have gone <laughs> early with a, with, a, with a huge transfer fee. Record breaking. Huge. Don't bring us down. Record breaking. If we do it, we're doing it properly. The league in Beth England, who we know, prolific. She's a goal scorer. It's yeah. what they needed, having let Rach Williams go in the summer to Man United, which I think for them was a massive, massive mistake. Massive. They started to build last yeah. season. They weren't conceding many goals. They had a really good structure at the back. Again, they never used to change the back line. They've had to change it quite a bit Injuries this year. Too. Injuries too. And yeah. play with a five at, at times because they brought mm-hmm. in an extra centre-half and they didn't want to leave her out. So they've had big, big decisions to make. But they brought a goal scorer in yeah. and they've also now brought a creator in. Iwabuchi from Arsenal yeah. so them two signings for Tottenham along mm. with Kit Graham coming back that is like a, another Kit signing Graham. Oh, so these on. three Kit Graham coming back Iwabuchi now you've got Drew Spence there and you've got Beth England you're and starting Percival's to build coming back Percival's coming back thank you thank you're you for the Kiwi forgot. mention <laughs> there you go so, and, and even um, oh what's the fullback the one that was at um Neville. The left back. No 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 what's the name was at Birmingham how can I not know her I forgot her name oh Harrop Har- yeah even Harrop in terms of her experience oh, yeah. and, and, and understanding of the W, like, of the get, like yeah. she's such a, an important player to right, them. And I don't right. think they realise that. She was out for a, a long period. Huh? These players coming back, maybe Spurs have a chance next Third. season of oh. finishing <laughs> top five. <laughs> but no, they are like those ins and outs, like, especially those signings and, and players coming back, I think for Spurs could have a good 
second half of the season. I don't yeah. know what you guys think. No, oh. no, I think they were just, sorry, I'll, I'll head over to you, Earth, but I think the, the first half of the season, they were decimated by so many injuries. And I think that was such a hard um, mental thing for them as well. And so, like you said, um, Kit Graham coming back, Rhea Percival coming back from a huge injury. Rhea is one of those players that a lot of people may not really see or know about, but she talks a lot on the pitch and she's a, she's a real leader, mm. you know. Um, but very, very quiet, sort of when you don't, when she's not yelling at the referee, actually. Okay, over Who's to you, Eartha. <laughs> no, Rhea, no, personal. Yeah, she and she'll, she'll, like she'll appreciate that. Uh, I think Manor's move, I think, has a big statement for me. To leave a club like Arsenal and go across to the rivals is, is not an easy thing to do. And I think I read her statement and as a player, she just wants to play. Yeah. And I think which she hasn't been. Which she hasn't Arsenal. been. And someone of that quality. Oh. So I think in terms of what it says for younger players, yeah. in terms of getting game, game time, time. Mm -hmm. is more important sometimes than going to the bigger club. Mm -hmm. I good. think in terms of, forget the transfer window, is, is a massive message. And I think for me, I've been banging on this a, a bit in terms of big clubs just getting good players mm. and then sitting on the bench yeah. mm. and not actually playing. That shows actually too good to be on the bench. Too good to be on the bench. Go and to they a club. Need her. They exactly. Need her. Go yeah. to another club and and play because yeah. that's actually what you got into the sport to do. With the World Cup Earth coming that's up, they, exactly. they, they, there's six Japanese say. players now in our league. Yeah. So but they don't, and they don't really get the playing time. Mm, I think exactly. for the sort of spotlight that, and Iwabuchi only scored their first goal. They? You, mm. you think of Japan what, when you played games ago? when you played their technical. national team back. Like they were technically hate small, playing Japan. quite timid. And and our game's a bit like fast. Like people want to see those those mm, hard tackles. Physical, like, like, yeah, yeah, it's a more more physical game, and so they kind of. They, they, I think they're looked at differently. They're not looked at somebody mm. that can cope with the physical demands. They actually can yeah. Yeah. play against them, and they'll show you they can yeah. they, they yeah. can cope with those physical demands. Yeah, but they, you know, but just they also need players to play with because they they're so technical. You, they need you, no, no. But I mean, what yeah. I mean is they need they need technical players around them mm. to really bring out the qualities that they have. Mm. Whereas you know, Adena Castellanos, the um, South American player at Man City, like she's big, she's tough, she can mm. she can fit in anywhere. Whereas mm. I I do think that the Asian players have a little bit of um, you know disadvantage coming oh, to yeah. the English league because they, they need the technical mm. players. Like Less touches on the ball. Yeah, yeah but uh, they've certainly... Spurs seems to have done the best business in this uh, January window, Who's, in my opinion. To be fair, I'm lying. Man United. Man United. Villa, I'm lying. I mean, uh, guys, that Jordan, was a Jordan, <laughs> Jordan, Jordan, <laughs> short snobs. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, yeah, Villa, obviously Villa. What about yeah. Man United? Yeah. Just recent. Cascarino and... Um, What's the centre half? Canadian. The young Canadian girl. Um, right, uh, Rivette, what's her name? I forgot her name. I forgot her name But too. yeah, they've made Sorry. some signings. But let's talk about Villa. Because we talk about them building. That result against um, City, their signings. Yeah. Carla Ward, manager, getting... Mm -hmm. I, think that can, I think that stability in terms of giving the manager a new contract. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that shows the direction they're going. And I think we're bringing in two big names in Jordan Nobbs. They did it in the summer. It's in the summer, they brought um, Rach Daly in, mm -hmm. right? So that's a big name. Yeah. Which then I guess when people are thinking about moving and seeing how well she's doing, Kenza Darley as well coming in, in the yeah. summer. Yeah. To now add the Stanaforth and, yeah. and Jordan Nobbs to, to, to that. They're showing how much they they bought in Turner as well. Dan Turner, yeah. I think she's been phenomenal yeah. for them at the back. Let's, yeah, you So they are building and those names I feel will attract for next season. And, and so, I think, just on that, I think we, we've got to give the props to Carla Wills because sometimes we only look at managers that are winning things. And we look mm. even in terms of her like pedigree from before, like keeping Blues up and, mm. and like how she's been working in the league. I think, like we say, sometimes they go under the radar, but actually the quality that she's demonstrated, the ability to bring in those players, mm. like 
it's 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 not something that you can sort no. of just do to come from it's big huge. clubs to yeah. come to Aston Villa. Exactly. Has everyone anyone seen Birmingham? Like, <laughs> but even you know, exactly. it's, it, it it's, reminds it's massive. Me, even it, the way she's dealt with the goalkeeping situation, they brought oh, a new yeah. goalkeeper in now, and mm. and Hannah Hampton, who oh, right. only just before the Euros, everybody's talking about being the next England number one. Mm-hmm. Now they're trying to get her out the door. Mm. So the way we talk about management styles and how you deal with players, and, and, we, and we had that question mark, didn't we? We spoke about, is she a, a problem yeah. player? And we all had these different opinions, opinions of that. Are, yeah. um, the way that that's being dealt with um, is interesting. Mm. So eyes peeled for how that progresses, yeah. develops, whatever. Because mm. um, they'll need that. They'll because need they're not playing her. Keeper, won't they? And England aren't picking her. Yeah. So mm. something's not right there. And look, but, they to take as I said, a potential England number one and just take her out the lineup and bring somebody else in. But mm. even, shows, but managing that as well, it's not, it's not no big headline and no, she's, no, it's course. still happening in the background, but it's not, oh, this is a big that's issue. So again, the player the well-being and still managing yeah. the whole club <clears throat> situation. Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, Aston Villa reminds me of um, Wolfsburg when I first came in 2009 and we were in ninth place in the league and it was just a matter of really getting a few big names mm. that could draw people to the tiny little town of Wolfsburg that no one wanted to live in mm. but it is a similar situation like you said I think Daly coming over has been huge and then not only that but how she's playing and scoring goals and winning player of the month and I mean mm. those are big accolades that go around mm. the world that people actually see and okay she's playing for Aston Villa now so that must mean something and like you said Dali coming in from France I I think the international transfers are big as well. And they're, they're them, Dali and um, mm. um, Daly. Double D's out there, right? For our D's. Boys <laughs> and fans. But let Daly me tell you, and Daly. the way that they play, because Rach Daly ain't a striker, that, a modern day striker that likes to come in and link yeah. play. She's a striker, a bit like Sam Kerr, likes to work the shoulder of defenders and does it well. With the players like Kendra Dali and Lucy Sanaforth in there now, mm-hmm. we'll see those movements early. Mm. And that's why she's getting the goal she gets. The interesting thing for Daly now is that there's an international break in a couple of weeks. <laughs> she's scored nine goals this season. She's joint top goal scorer in the league. Nuts. Nuts. Do you play at left back for England? I know. Or do you play say, we come back to the conversation. <laughs> I'm not that manager, thank God. I was just saying, but yeah. I love the way you say like everything's like she's a striker uh. and then actually like even look at the Euro and stuff, it, she's a defender. <clears throat> yeah. No one's even considering yeah. like on an international level, she plays a completely different position. So yeah, I, it, I'll be interested to see what's done but I think I think she'll still end up at the back do you think so I think so I at think there's enough quality I think she'll get top. some time up top at the Arnold Clark Cup definitely yeah because that's the place to do it yeah but are you it? but are you really going to use her up front you, what if you need her what if you need her if you need right? her you know she's got that ammunition yeah. in the back what if you pocket, get a big injury in the World Cup and you then need she's you know, already she's there great but do you need to play her there or does Abba's need experience to play there so they're ready for the World Cup she's ready yeah she's been doing but it she hasn't what done about, it with England um, That's she hasn't difference. I'm just going That's back to the transfer what about Leicester they bought in um, was it the Australian they bought in that Australian player didn't they um, young player and they got their first result last weekend before this weekend's fixture was called off but do you think that they need to add a couple more in this window uh, if they are to fight to step because they picked up three points now so they're only four points which is a game two games off Leicester has Survival. to do something. They have um, to do something. And they, 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 they let a couple of players go, or, or potential. I've, I've been reading there's a potentially mm-hmm. some outs. I think um, they're potentially allowing... Um, and they, what's the striker now? I can't think of a name. They, they, they you know, the, the one that played at City, she was at Blackburn. 
Fry, what's oh, her Nat- name? Um, yeah, Tash- Tasha, Tasha Flynn. Flynn. Sorry, yeah, apparently yeah. she's out to Celtic potentially. Oh, really? So that's an out. But I think she's a great player. Managed well. She's, she's a great phenomenal. player, but apparently she's or, or sorry, one of the the Scottish league. So that's an out for them. That's good. Um, which is an interesting one because she's a good player. Yeah, yeah. they can be um, letting players but go. Yeah, they bought. I know they bought the Australian. I can't think of a name off the top of my head. I don't um, see it either in the. But they need. I think they need signings Definitely. if they are to stay up. I, I um, think. I think obviously Willie Kirk's no no newcomer to mm. to, to the league. He knows in order for the, for them to um, to stay in the league and to start progressing, I think he should be already looking about consolidating this season and what they can do for next season because it's just about survival mode mm. um, in terms of of their performances. But great to see them picking up points. Um, we, all, we all want the league to be competitive. And yeah. if you've got a team that's just not winning anything, yeah. we, we see how it is, for example, even this week where we got, you see yeah. Coventry picking up their first set of points against Crystal Palace. Like mm. everyone's like, yay. Like yeah. they're, they're, I think they're five points off now. But that's Cheering what, that's, for the underdog, the underdog that's, yeah. that's, that's what you wanted. We want a competitive league. We want to see the best people competing um, and we want the football to, to yeah. go ahead each week. So, mm. so we've, yeah. seen, we've seen Leicester get in Janina Leitzig, who's the goalie, goalkeeper yeah. from mm. Bayern Munich. Interesting um, one, that she's one. A good, mm. She's good, actually. I remember speaking to my friend who runs the Bayern Munich team um, and Remy Simpson is the forward yeah, from the, Sydney that's FC. There you that's go. the one. And the one that that's left to Coventry United is Connie Schofield, um, the midfielder. Yeah. So yeah, but I still think I agree. I think they still need to do more. I also read the frustration in the media around uh, you know the the writers that get the information that clubs actually aren't releasing information, in you know, time. to help. In, no, just with the just with the you know the media outlets that like to. Mm allow the fans to know like updates, the Guardian. ins and outs. Yeah, yeah and, and you know, the online it. stuff. Mm-hmm. And apparently the clubs are being really difficult in terms of like saying who's coming in, if it's uh, a done deal, is it a loan deal? How long is it for? Yeah. And so all the information is pretty... It says undisclosed fee yeah, on like so they're every not really, single one of them, <laughs> They're not really it? revealing whether their loan moves, permanent yeah. moves, how long for. And, 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 and I do think, you know, if we are to grow our game, these are the things we have to be transparent with. The men yeah. are. The men, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. we, we know there's ins and outs. You kind of hear rumours. But if if no one does it, then it's consistent. Some do. No, I, I think it's just some do and some don't. Some are easier to work with than others. Mm. Yeah, I, I think the ones maybe they're looking at, oh, what's my budget? And if I, if we say that we've paid this or mm. not got that, then they'll be like, oh, well then let them play, pay this it's money. It's the money thing, and it, isn't I, don't, it? I don't think, I think in terms of the men's league, the money is I'm not is, bothered is about like the money. I don't, the think, I don't think it's the money that is the problem. I just think that if you're, if there's a player that you're bringing in on loan or a permanent deal, just say we've bought some Earth Pond in on a permanent eight year deal. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And, yeah, and I think that, that information. information is not being put out early enough. And yeah. yeah, I just think it's quite difficult, especially these people that have really tried to push our game. That's it. For many a year. It's not just now. Yeah. You know, That's for years it. and years, That's I've really wrote so about the game, tried to drive the game. You know, give these people a bit of respect and, and credit for what they've done over the years. And, and you know, help them out. Yeah, I mean, and, and working in the media a bit the last years or two, I can say that there is a big difference between you talked about the professionalism of the clubs between mm. different clubs in terms of how open they are mm. or how forthcoming they are and just mm. how easy they are to work with. I mean, they sometimes I think they restrict the access of players mm-hmm. for no reason mm. when you're like, because they p- potentially work on the men's side and that's how they do it on the men's club. And it makes no sense. We don't need that in the game. We need more visibility and more support, don't we? And just so mm. club knows, our DMs are open. So we'll, <laughs> we'll take the information. What are our DMs? I was like, <laughs> wait a second, what's <laughs> happening here? <laughs> What's your thoughts on, because obviously I'm going to go back to the Beth England yeah. transfer fee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On now, like we're saying big, obviously for the women's game, it's a big transfer fee, right? Yeah. We, we can't, won't say the <laughs> What is it, Farah? Come on, the, 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 In comparison to, to how it's transfers go in the men's game, yeah. but for, for our game, can you see that 
continuing like even bigger come has you to. know you think the summer and the world cup how big the world cup's already yeah. looking like it's going to be off the back of that can you see you know transfer fees being you know even bigger harder to try and get them up by players out all of these things like because that was a hundred 100%, 100%, 100%. I think if you look at even where Beth England was in terms of playing at Chelsea and that mm. she left because she wants to play football mm. and she's gone for that fee mm. what about the ones who are top scoring goals mm. been developed by mm. clubs like I only see that as the baseline now and I guess the blueprint for for clubs to go and get that moolah because they're gonna be <laughs> yeah doing the business I think it's, it's definitely got to grow it makes me laugh I 100%. remember clubs used to put seven days in seven just days. to have a conversation with me <laughs> <laughs> and I'd speak to them and be like yeah I do want to go no I don't want to go <laughs> okay bye, bye. <laughs> I did but uh, now I don't what yeah. was the um, do we know one. like what what she was rumoured to be uh, transferred for uh, for knows. I don't she know knows everything. no 260 was it 260,000 something like that I think something what like men that. spend on petrol I mean obviously it's yeah. just a rumour so I don't really we, know. we don't we actually won't, we won't put them facts no, out no no it's not a fact but, but question on that because I think after the World Cup what's going to happen is I do think that there aren't that many leagues around the globe that are as consistent and top to bottom as competitive as the WSL. If it plays. If it if the game plays. What do you mean? Like in if terms it's of not frozen pitches. Yeah, if it's not oh. frozen pitches. <laughs> yeah, if, if they actually play week in, week out. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of competition for international players to come into this league post the World Cup. But so do you think that, that's for I money? Think do you think that's for, for salary or do you think it's for the competi competitiveness of the league? I think it can be both because I still think that there's certainly, like in the German league, the French league, the Spanish league, I still think there's only two to three clubs that can really pay a top salary, you know, top, top salary for top, top players. Whereas I do think that there's more teams that can pay more money in this league um, from top to bottom, obviously not all of them. So I, I think that there's going to be a lot of knocking on the door, player, international players trying to get into this league, it, especially post yeah. um, the Euros, which obviously you, you, they couldn't do right after the Euros because a lot of players already had their contract set. Mm. And then in this window is obviously too tight. So I really think it's going to be pre and probably post um, World Cup. It's just an interesting one, isn't it? Because obviously we want to grow our game yeah. at and what does that mean level, for local right? So players. what does it mean for, for younger international mm -hmm. players, English international players when now, which is it's going similarly to way the way in which the men's game is in terms of they bring the best players in because it's about winning the, yeah. the club. And actually the concern for country isn't a concern for them, right? The priority is how can we get the best players to our club to win on, on all fronts that we, we take part in. Now, in order for us to continue the development of the national team that have just won the Euros, if we're going to keep bringing foreign players mm -hmm. in, then denying younger English players the opportunity to play in our the best league, which is what we keep saying, in our league, mm -hmm. then how are we going to push on from this? Because when this crop of players move on and the next crop of players are coming through, where are they coming through from or where are they getting their exposure to the game from yeah, in order to compete question. at the top level? Uh, and, and this is a concern. For example, even the ones like now before it's even gone post World Cup like the young English players are not getting that game mm. time and I think this is where the conversation has to be had in terms of clubs are a business mm. and they're just focused on winning. winning they don't want restrictions in terms mm. of you have to have this much homegrown mm. players like they're not their interest is not the country performing mm. their interest is in what they're yeah. doing as a business in Correct. the league and again it's it's that compromise in terms of how how do we do both yeah. how, do, how do we still mm. grow those homegrown players how do we not compromise that but how do we still have the best league 
I don't think anyone's really come up with the solution, but I think that's something that we shouldn't let just sort of go Slip amiss. Away. It's something that has to be at the forefront. And I know from an, an FA point of view, it's something that is, is always talked about and trying to find solutions. So mm-hmm. I think just having that pro- proactive conversation around what we can do, are there mm-hmm. any infrastructures? As we said, like we talked about Everton previously in terms of their loan system, I think they've mm-hmm. done really well in terms of those loanees and giving those players mm. time to play. So actually, is this is something that we could do in terms of a loan structure to make sure actually those best players But these players go just go, play? they do, but they go out on loan, right? So, you, you know, players do go out on loan to mm. teams that are lower down in uh, WSL2, sorry, WSL1, but then mm. they don't play there because then they're fighting to stay up. So what they then have to do is bring more experience in. So mm. then mm. where they was given an opportunity and realised that actually this isn't about opportunities, this is about us staying in WSL1 because we can't do another season at WSL2. So these players then go into WSL2. Yeah. So it's more like an under 23 type championship. Yeah, which is what we were yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, I think one of the um, solutions could be training competition, which they have in the men's game and don't in the women's, where you pay the clubs to develop players so that when, once they are developed there and then go, they still get a fee back into that original club. I think they still so, do. I think they mm, do have that. Yeah, they do. They yeah, do yeah. Yeah. But I still, I think that can be, mm. I think that can be expanded. I think that can be, you know, uh, because a lot of clubs they don't have that as a tactic in terms of yeah. development whereas like Benfica in Portugal that's what their whole club is based mm-hmm. on is developing players and mm-hmm. you know training them out but um I had another question and it was did you know that someone's birthday is tomorrow I don't know anybody did you know Williams is your birthday tomorrow don't get in the don't remind me someone bought you a cake who so we might have to bring it in here um, (laughs) (laughs) to uh give to you um but in the meantime when uh we're getting that cake i did want to mention one other are are they coming in oh they're coming in all right get in there then oh we actually get a cake that is so cute thanks do you want to do it the american way happy 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 Get in here. Hello. People would have cut the pod off by now. (laughs) Happy birthday. Happy birthday. They must know me well. uh, Look at the cake. It's got like the biggest sparklers I've ever seen. Come on, girl, get the sparklers in. Oh, mate. Sparkle. (laughs) Go on with two. (laughs) (laughs) Happy, 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 happy. Yeah. It's your birthday. We go party. Yeah. Oh, oh get the badge on How? there. Go on. How How it Baz, I got you a present as well. Oh. <laughs> some rums. She got her some rums for her bar. Go on, blow out your candles. They're not they're not, oh I'm scared. <laughs> Wait. She's scared. Thanks woo, guys. Woo, woo. <laughs> oh, look at this. Can you get these sparklers away from me? <laughs> They're dangerous. No, danger, guys. Earth on your rum. You're trying to kill this girl's look, trying to kill me. Look, there's so many different flavours. I've got I some lovely lime. authentic rum from St. Lucia. Rum, you can't get you lime. can't priceless. <laughs> guys, 40%, 25%, <laughs> 40. What's that one? Only for after when you're well. Oh, you're trying to kill me. Yeah, when I'm better, guys. Shot, 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 shot. shot, shot. 
All right. Well, I guess that wraps up pretty much our conversation. I mean, the other, the only other transfer I was really interested in was Mary Taylor from Angel City to Liverpool because I thought that would that was an interesting one coming from the NWS over. Um, but we'll see if that makes any difference. And now going from the Championship Manager, London City London Lions, yeah. this heart is going to Angel City, City as exactly. one of the first coach, I think it said. That is That's a big loss for them. They're, yeah. they're sitting top of the Championship at the minute. And I know that the players think highly of her in terms of her coaching style, managing mm. style. So a big loss to and the to the women's game. game. And it's difficult. You know the difficulty is? We are losing a lot of female coaches yeah. in our game, right? And that is a concern. We was leading the way with female coaches only a couple, of, a couple of seasons ago. We've had a massive drop off. There's now four remaining in our league. And what is that? Is that because like, I mean, for me, I can see the benefits of going to an Angel City as one of the biggest marketing mm-hmm. like engines behind it and Natalie Portman, et cetera. But do you think it's a mar- it's marketing as well, or because the NWSL and that that team in particular, you know, is isn't that great right now? Mm. But they obviously have the potential. Why do you see that, you know, decreasing far as a female? We will have this yourself. conversation on BBB next week and hopefully get a manager on to explain it because I think yeah. it is a big talking point and probably not a two-minute conversation. Yeah. But yeah, it's something that certainly, I mean, if anyone does listen to this, put your opinions in and we can have a big chat yeah, about it next, next week. week. It'll be quite cool. All right, cool. Let's do that next um, week. But yeah. Sweet. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening. As always, send us all of your info. Uh, hit Earth up in her DMs for any <laughs> questions you might have or suggestions or anything. Um, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Ciao. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.